There's a rainbow that comes after the rain. We'll get through this storm together. Words aren't much, but I hope our thoughts and our prayers help you through this difficult time. I hope you feel surrounded by much love. It's going to take time to get through the shock of this loss. But please know that we will be here every step of the way. You know, they're very fine-sounding sentiments, but I wonder if you, like me, have ever gotten frustrated with those phrases that are written on sympathy cards. Whether you were the person who was trying to pick out the card because you wanted to deliver it to someone experiencing loss, or you were that person receiving those cards, you want the words to bring some kind of hope. You want them to help a person to feel better in the situation they're going through, the grief that they feel. You want to be able to offer some kind of comfort. And whether it's with those words that are pre-parented on the card or it's the words that we try to write out in our absolutely best cursive script or it's the words that we try to speak from our mouths without stuttering and stumbling through them, you want those words to, to break through the wall of tears. You want them to introduce a, a glimmer of light into this soul and heart-consuming darkness that is there whenever death draws its ugly curtain. And those words that I just shared with you before, they're not wrong. They're just weak. They are weak and powerless when someone is faced with the utter devastation of death. And you feel how weak and powerless they are if you have ever sat with a family in the family waiting room of the intensive care unit of a hospital. You feel how weak and powerless those words are if you're standing there next to that deep, rich, mahogany color of a casket. You feel how weak and powerless those words are when you're standing in that place that's just this strange juxtaposition because it's a place that is full, so full of life. There's green grass, there are blooming flowers, there's sunshine, but it's also starkly contrasted because it's so full of death. The brown dirt that's been unearthed. The cold stone of granite and marble and lime and concrete and the ashes. And if you've ever been in any of those situations, then you know how quickly 
you run out of words of comfort. And what do you say when there are no more comforting words? I wonder if that question was on anybody's minds in the situation that we heard about this morning that comes to us as real situation from the Gospel of John where we heard there that on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And we find out that Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Lazarus was dead. His eulogy, friend of Jesus, brother to Mary, Martha, well-loved, endearing person. You see how popular he was with all these people who came out to sit with Mary and Martha in their grief, to offer their condolences and their sympathies and their words of comfort. Words that could never take away the pain and the grief that they felt at their loss. You know, four days had not been enough time to gain some kind of closure. And if you've ever experienced death, then you know how long that pain can linger. You know how that grief can hold on and it refuses to let go of its grip. Lazarus was dead, dead. This was final. There was no more hope. And then Jesus arrived. Hope was awakened. Martha ran out to Jesus and she said to Jesus, she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Her statement, it is so full of faith. So full of faith and trust in the divinity and the power of Jesus. And her follow-up statement also showed that same faith and trust in Jesus' divine and almighty power when she said, but even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And what did Martha want? Well, she wanted her brother back. She wanted that the wounds of grief would be healed. She wanted that, that massive hole that she now felt in her soul, she wanted it filled up again. And made Mary later expressed the exact same sentiment. She also said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then when Jesus himself, when he was overcome with emotion and, and he wept for his dear friend, the, the people who were gathered around, they, they said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? And I think we, we can relate. 
because sometimes we too, we want to see Jesus' divinity and his power. We want to see it in healing and in miracles. We want to see health restored. We want Jesus to prevent death. And that's not wrong either. But it also is weak. Uh, Don't get me wrong, you can still pray big, bold, beautiful prayers to God that he would work health and healing in your loved one's lives. And please pray those big, bold, beautiful prayers. God loves to hear those prayers. Those are prayers to which God gladly and willingly, he listens. And he loves when his children come before him with those big, bold, beautiful prayers. But God just wants you to understand that even in those prayers, there is an inherent weakness. Even in those prayers for health and restoration, God wants to make sure that you know that the answer to those prayers is not your ultimate need. And so absolutely, when God does answer those prayers and when he provides healing and restoration, then celebrate it. Rejoice in that. Give thanksgiving, overwhelming thanksgiving to God. Just understand that Jesus wants to be more. Jesus wants to give you more hope, more comfort. Jesus doesn't just want to prevent death. He wants to defeat it. He doesn't want to just delay the inevitable because death will eventually come for all of us. And so Jesus, he wants to be bigger than that. He wants to offer more, more comfort, more hope to you. He wants to be the Savior that you need. The Savior who doesn't just delay death, but he has defeated it. And so, dear friends, even when you face the devastation and the darkness that death brings into your life, and when you feel that you have no more comforting words, understand that there are no more comforting words than Jesus' own. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Those were the words that Martha needed to hear. Those were the words Mary needed. Those were the words Lazarus needed. And those are the words that you need. Jesus told Martha that Lazarus would experience life again. A real resurrection and a real life. And Jesus makes it clear that this is not just some ephemeral life. It's it's not this nebulous spiritual existence where you're floating out there. No, this is a real resurrection and a real life. Jesus emphasized that all those who believe in him, their body will be raised again imperishable in glory, in honor, and in power. This isn't just like nirvana. Nirvana is weak. 
This isn't just some state of equilibrium where you're at peace. No, this is real life, passionate living, living full of joy and excitement, filled with the tremendous blessings of God. That's the life that Jesus gives to you. That's the life that is in store for God's faithful people. Do you believe this? Yes, that was Jesus' follow-up question to Martha. But I'm making it my question to you today. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world? Those are the words and the truth that bring you comfort. Those are the promises to which you can cling when death comes catastrophically crashing into your life. Those are the words and promises that give you hope. And later, when Jesus was about to call forth this dead man from the grave, he reminded Martha, he said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And then before that entire crowd who had gathered there outside of the tomb, Jesus prayed, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. Everything here drives towards faith. All of the words and actions of Jesus here, they drive us to put our faith and our trust in him and his promises, to hold fearlessly to those promises even in the face of death. So that even in that dark situation, you can know peace. You can know comfort even when in mourning because in Jesus Christ as the resurrection and the life, you have comfort. Because you trust in the one who didn't just prevent death, but defeated it. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who has come into this world. You know, Martha's response here was so beautiful because it was so faithful. It was full of trust. She recognized that Jesus was not just a man, but he was the very Son of God, whom God had sent. And Jesus was not sent just to be a teacher, just to be a comforter, just to be a leader. He was all of those, but Jesus was sent to be more. Jesus was sent to be a Savior. The Savior that you need. The Savior that we need because each and every one of us will face death. Each and every one of us, in our own ways, we have rebelled against, we have rejected 
the very God who is life itself. And when you have rejected and rebelled against that God, the God who is life itself, when you have separated yourself from him, there is only one possible outcome. And so death has become a very sad, very scary reality of our existence. Because it's become such a sad and scary reality of our existence, when people face it, they often want to find closure. This idea that you can kind of close the book on it, you, you can recognize the, the finality of something, and, and you're able then to, to move on in your life. But you know what I think? I think God doesn't want you to have closure. And here's what I mean by that. I think that God does not want you to accept death. God does not want you to see death as something that is normal, that it is just a part of life. God does not want you to become accustomed to it. God wants you to seek out a solution. God wants you to find the resurrection and the life and to hold on to him. To hold on to the one that we need. Jesus. It was amazing that Jesus called Lazarus out from the grave. That a dead man was walking again, that he came right out of his own tomb. And, and you can imagine just the elation and the celebration and the joy that was on people's hearts and minds. As they saw and they witnessed God at work. A miracle. A resurrection. But there is a greater reason to celebrate. There is a greater reason for joy. There is a way to see a greater working of God's own hand because there is a greater resurrection. That of Jesus. Because Jesus' own hands and feet were once wrapped in strips of linen. Those same hands and feet that had been pierced by the Roman iron to fasten him to a tree. And Jesus' face also had a cloth covering it. That same face that had borne the crown of thorns. And that cloth was now laid over his face to hide the ugliness of death. The ugliness that Jesus took upon himself for us. And Jesus' body, it was placed into a tomb and it remained there for several days. That same body that had been taken down off of the cross. Where Jesus 
suffered for us. Where Jesus took our punishment so that sins could be forgiven. So that you could be redeemed and restored. So that you could be united with the God who gives life once again. This resurrection and life. Mary and Martha didn't need Jesus to raise Lazarus up from the grave. They needed Jesus to be the resurrection and life. And so would Jesus' words have any less comfort? Would they be any less powerful? Would who Jesus is be anything less than the Savior we need if, if he didn't raise Lazarus? But he did. He did so that you could fully trust and be fully confident in what he has done for you. Not to be harsh on Hallmark, but their sympathy cards are weak because you have so much more comfort to give. Death is sad and scary. It is real and true and powerful. But so is Jesus. And in Jesus, you know the words that bring greater comfort. You put your faith and your trust in the Savior you need because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And all God's people who believe this said, Amen.